Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized Asians. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 253. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Rasaras, Jedi Jane, as always. It's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J Studios. How's everybody doing? This week on the show, we begin the road to Fan Expo. It's like a week and a half away. So excited. Uh, An Elegant Weapon will be there officially representing podcast detroit as its media representative and i'm so super thrilled about that but you know we're there every year of course we'll be back deep in the trenches in the heart of artist sally bringing to you conversations with the coolest of indie creators just want to give a quick shout out to our good friend dan doherty his 10 year long run of the comic strip Beardo has come to an end. Congratulations, Dan. That is one hell of an accomplishment and one hell of a collection that you've put together over the past decade. Uh, Everybody, uh, I think the easiest way is uh, just Google Beardo. Uh, There's a Facebook page, Beardo. Uh, Just like it sounds, beard with an O on the end. Uh, And you can check out uh, his last strip. It particularly pulls on the heartstrings and it's actually available as a print. Uh, there was so much demand for it. So Dan has made that available, but congratulations, Mr. Doherty, on that accomplishment. Go check out Beardo. He's continuing to post the old uh, strips as well, so check them out because they're they're wonderfully, wonderfully done. Uh, and yeah, let's get on with it then, shall we? This week on the show, we had a very, very good friend drop by the L5J Studios to talk about some stuff. You may already be familiar with him as the artist on the Black Hole Hunters Club series with writer Ricky Lima. Uh, Shane Heron dropped by the L5J Studios and we had some good times. We drank some beers and we made some pod. He's got a brand new comic coming out very, very soon. In a couple of weeks, the Kickstarter shall begin for Morris. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this. If you check out uh, Shane Heron Art on Facebook and check out the progress he's had going on Morris, it's absolutely stunning. I love westerns. It's nice to have more western comic books. Um, so yeah, that's coming, and that's what happened. Uh, Shane, Heron, and me hanging out, drinking beers, making pod, talking comics on this week's episode of An Elegant Weapon. And again... Fan Expo, two weeks away. We'll be there. Podcast Detroit. Good times. 2006, and I've always wanted to do my own podcast, and I never do. And I always want someone else to partner with me and just do all the work. Wait, you discovered podcasting in 2006? Yeah, I got my first iPod in 2000. When I first heard of what an iPod was, 
I was like, that's the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> it's a jukebox in your pocket and you yeah, can fill totally. it with 5,000 who knows how many songs. Any song I ever want, I can have in my pocket. Yeah. It was the greatest thing ever because up until then it was like, I grew up with cassettes, which you're like, okay, it's kind of right. all right, but you got to fast forward, rewind, whatever. Then there were CDs and we we're like, look, you can just skip to the next thing. Yeah. And then an MP3 player came out. I was like, what is this? This is <laughs> yeah. And then iPod. I was like 5000 cuz I think my first iPod was 30 gigs and I was like, I can hold 5000 songs. What was uh you saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I've not seen any Guardians of the Galaxy movies at all. Okay. I don't all like right. superhero movies. All right. Well, at the end of the movie, you know how he's got a Walkman in the movie. No, I didn't see, see it. But you haven't seen how he's always dancing around with a Walkman? I saw that the second one was called like, it was like a, looked like a mixtape, like volume yeah, two. Yeah, like awesome mix volume two. So well, I get what they're kind of going for. So he loses his Walkman in the second movie. Spoilers, people. But he, uh, they give him. Who, Groot? No, Star-Lord, Peter Quill. Oh, he has he, a Walkman. He has a Walkman that his mother had given him before he left Earth in okay. the 80s, right? He had a Walkman that he was taken with. Oh, okay. So his mom had given him a, a, a mixtape. Okay. And, uh, you know, this is what he was always wearing and going around doing his thing. And at the end, he loses it in the second one. So at the end, they give him a Zune. <laughs> Do you remember the Zunes? Yeah. Like, they were, yeah, one of the original, like, like before, MP3 like, players. Yeah, yeah. And I he's, remember. Um, he's like, it's got, like, 300 songs on it. And yeah. Star-Lord's like, 300. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is, um, so probably six, seven years ago, I got my dad. Uh, he wanted, he, my dad knows nothing about technology. Like, he, he was blown away by uh, the idea of an MP3 and an iPod. So, basically, I got him this uh creative remember that brand it's like creative without an e it's like an mp3 player creative okay but my dad just calls it an ipod he thinks what it's like a really shitty very general it's a really shitty ipod it's got the wheel order but it's but it holds i don't know 400 songs for him that's all he needs right so um he and he loves it to death and he's still his still i've gone through a million ipods <laughs> and he loves this thing and i remember my last one my ipod i lost it or something and he goes do you want to borrow my ipod <laughs> and I, so... I, I like he's so out of touch i don't want to explain to him that it's not an ipod i just go uh no i'll get a new one like yeah, i don't yeah. want your creative ipod right right yeah dude i had the original the wheel spin iPod. Yeah, I did you know, too. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing it was like it was like a Game Boy. I think Do I had like how big the, it was. It was like a big clunky. Yeah, it was like game carrying board. around a Bible. <laughs> yeah. But it was at that point it was like having a juke because I love jukeboxes when you go to a bar. Oh, it's so great, yeah. and you can force other people to listen to your music, whatever you want. Like they have no joy. <laughs> like, we did that when I was in Ohio at that training I was telling you about earlier, and the bar we kept going to they had a jukebox. Yeah, and it had some ska and reggae on it. Yeah. Which you don't find often on the jukebox. No, you find like no doubt and they call it Scott. Or maybe a Bob Marley album. Yeah. Right? yeah. But this had a bunch of reggae and a bunch of like the specials and stuff. Yeah. And I filled it one night. Yeah, yeah. It was the night after our big exam actually. Yeah. And I was letting loose. And there's like 50 guys from all around North America brought together to do this training. Right. right? So guys from everywhere. Every accent you could think of from the States. And so every day was just fucking country music, yeah. fucking whatever. But after the exam, I was so like, you know, spent, because it was a three-hour test, yeah, right? yeah. the most stressful test I've taken in my life. 
after that we got to the bar and i was like screw you all and i Ska, filled baby. it with this <laughs> like i played like the whole specials album a bunch of like 80s like madness and yeah shit. And it was like Fuck we used yes. to go to this bar on the, in the beaches all the time and we uh me and my buddy went through this phase where we were obsessed with layla the electric version of layla Sure, the original, yeah. But it goes at towards the end. There's like this five minute like piano, like ding, 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 and it's it kind of sucks. Like you kind of want to like. We played Layla like ten times in a row, so we'd just play it, (laughs) and everyone like hear that ending part, and then it would just go and start over again, and then eventually they pulled the plug on us and restarted it because they were like, we're not gonna keep listening to this piano ending shit, like because the that version is like eight minutes long and half of it is. The yeah, like yeah. shitty like piano part, and you're like nobody wants to hear that. Even the graphics on the original iPod ha- looked like Game Boy writing. Remember yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. yellow it was, with like yeah. block lettered. Like. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I I love iPods. I still I have an iPod and I have my phone. And everyone's like, what? so what were you listening to in 2006? Because anything had barely started. Like what shows were even out? Oh, podcasts. Yeah, I got really obsessed with uh, like comic book podcasts. What comic book podcasts were out in two thousand six? I just recently looked it up. Uh, it's just recently ended. Fanboy Radio. So I think a lot of them were. Um, they were. Uh, Guys who were doing like local kind of like college radio type stuff, but also recorded it and released it as podcasts. Right. Those are the original guys, right? Like before podcasts, there were just guys who would do like college radio for an hour. Or yeah, something. sure. They didn't so know. Uh, there yeah. was fanboy radio, and then I got heavy into Comic Geek Speak, which is still going. I know that one. Okay, yeah. Um, That's that old that show. Yeah, I I was I think I started listening to it in about two thousand seven. That one, and then there was it's not around anymore. Around comics which was great. It was done in this comic shop in Chicago and Scotty Young was living in Chicago and Scotty Young was like a regular, uh, he'd just show up. Right. This is before Scotty Young blew up. Right, right. And then he just became like a regular cast member. And then I think it's still going is the Crank cast. It's uh, this guy Crank and Mike Norton, who's a great artist. Okay. Uh, they they were kind of like, the, I think they worked on Devil Devil's... Do that. Devils do, yeah. Yeah, so I think they started there together, and then you know Mike was working on DC books and Crank's lettering, and it's such a great podcast. I think it's still going. It it was great because they clearly just wanted to talk to each other every week, and they recorded and released it, but they didn't want people to listen to it, and they tell people not to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) It Yeah, it was a different time. I didn't start till like, geez, two thousand nine, maybe. Oh when yeah, I discovered that's a couple. Smodcast. I went I through. What the hell yeah, it, was. it must I, have been Twitter because I didn't know what the hell a podcast was, and then I heard Kevin Smith because I think the in was the fact that Kevin Smith had the evenings with already, like the DVDs, yes. yeah, which kind of helped someone translate and understand what a podcast might have been. I think it was also Kevin Smith realized that. Um, I don't want to shit talk Kevin Smith too much, but I have a real love-hate relationship with him. Oh, as we all do. I loved him. Then I was like, <laughs> he's kind of a hack. And then I discovered the smog. But he did these evenings with, this, yeah, which came out of so Q- Q&As at right. like, Fan Expo and different cons he would go to. And I think he realized that I'm not that good of a director, but people really seem to like me, hearing me tell stories and, you know, be high. Well, he'll so. call himself a, a storyteller. He knows he's a shit, like, fucking director. Yeah, I think not so. Not that I don't think, I don't think he's shit. He just does his thing. I think he's a bad writer. 
And this is really someone... most people think the opposite. He, that's what Clerks was known for was how well the dialogue was written, kind of when it came out. He's like known more as a writer than anything else. I think Clerks is great because it was so. It was like from that same era when I think I think Reservoir Dogs came out the same year, and there was yeah. like a lot of. And he he it was first it was black and white, right? And it was different than anything like you didn't see a movie like that about two guys just, just fucking around in a store, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's actually like if you listen to his like dialogue and everything, like he, every character sounds like Kevin Smith, and it sounds like Kevin Smith talking oh, over and arguing with Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah like saying, no yeah. one's listening. The conversations are like, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, and they're just talking over each other. Like, like it doesn't sound like a real conversation. <laughs> yeah. And so I went through, but don't get me wrong. I loved yeah. Clerks. I loved Mallrats. I loved. I still think Chasing Amy's the best thing he's done. James Saw Bob's my favorite. Yeah, but, but it's not great. Like, but it's fun. It's it's not like a great flick, but I think it's one of the funniest movies ever made. Uh, I saw that movie at the drive-in, and albeit I'm a little biased, I like his humor. I, think I always forget funny. Will Ferrell had such a good role in it. Dude, Will, Will Ferrell, and Holly, sure. But I that was one of those two movies I've seen in the theater. Sorry, three movies I've seen in the theater that I laughed so hard I missed half the movie. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah that's uh, fair. The first was South Park. When I saw South Park by Uncle Fucker, which is very early yeah. in the movie, bigger, longer, I didn't know uncut. what this. Sh- I couldn't believe this shit was happening. Oh, yeah. I'm like on the aisles, rolling in laughter. Yeah. Then Anchorman. Oh yeah. Which you know I think is the funniest movie ever made. Anchorman is one of the greatest movies. Yeah, ever made. and then the third was at the drive-in. A bunch of us went to see Jay and Silent Bob Strikes okay, Back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those movies where it's a uh, hit a hit a, every 10 seconds there's a joke yeah, yeah whether it's the biggest one or not but the accumulative of the brilliance but it starts out quick yeah and then by the time it's the whole what the fuck is the internet scene yeah, yeah i'm yeah. gone man. oh no I no it's, i'm definitely laughing at that movie off. but i think also yeah. with clerks with mall rats with chasing amy and then i think he did dogma before jane saw He's trying to be a good writer filmmaker, mm-hmm. and then I think at James Bob, he was like, "Let's just make like a silly, almost like hot oh, yeah. shots type movie." Because yeah. and it works because he's not taking it so serious. Right? Oh, totally. That's why I'm excited. His new one's going to be Jane Silent Bob reboot. Oh, I don't where, get excited about Kevin Smith projects anymore. Well, he's gonna. You know how in Jane Silent Bob they made the Blunt Man and Chronic movie? Yeah. In this new movie, someone's rebooting the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Oh, all right. So. The real Jay and Bob want to stop the reboot now. But do, have you seen so Chasing it's like Amy? Fun of reboots. Chasing Amy is probably his best. Because that's work where they did the first like, Blunt Man and Chronic, where Mike Allred yeah. did all the art, and yeah. there's cameos by Allred and Joe Casada's in yeah, it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, at yeah. that time, or leading up to that, that's when Kevin Smith did the the Marvel Knights Daredevil. Yeah, with Joe that was Quesada. his Daredevil run. Yeah, that. Totally, so that's that's my love hate relationship with Kevin Smith. Yeah, <laughs> loves. Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy. I still think Chasing Amy is really good. And then I was like, I think I got to the point with Dogma and I was like, I don't think he's that good. And then I read... Dogma the, was actually quite... I don't like it at all. Other than Chris Rock and George Carlin well, As in for it. some of the things it said and did as far as dealing with certain issues, it was actually a little out of the box. Yeah, and it's a bit ahead of its time movies, too. Yeah. But I think he realized and Alan Rickman's he's an in tour, it. right? Like an, he's an orator. Yes. He realized he is a storyteller and no one can't say after listening to him yeah. that he doesn't tell one hell of a story. Yeah. So he basically, yeah, was one of the – it makes sense that he was on the forefront of ushering in this new medium of podcasts. Right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's definitely his but thing. Then I, so then I got into – I got 
I did that thing where I got out of comics. You know, as a kid, you're into comics and you fall out. Oh, yeah. You take and I got story. back into it because of Joe Quesada and Kevin Smith's and Jimmy Palmiotti's really? Marvel Knights series. Really? It blew my mind. And I remember rereading that first issue over and over again and Kevin Smith's dialogue and being like, I mean, I'm a teenage kid at this point, right? Yeah. I'm going, this guy's fucking brilliant, man. Look at what he's <laughs> And then I yeah. read Brian Michael Bendis' run on Daredevil and I was yeah. like, Oh, oh, Kevin Smith's okay. not very good. Like <laughs> everyone, Kevin Smith writes sounds like Kevin Smith. Brian yeah. Bendis goes like, and you read it, you go, "Oh, that's what Matt Murdock would say. That's right. what like Jessica Jones yeah. would say." That's you know. I did enjoy his bat work though. He did uh, Batman Cacophony, yeah, and right. a couple and little yeah. like just little like three like three issue stories that were pretty good. But, but he's definitely he's he's meant to be up there telling stories. Oh no! And then I got into yeah. his Smodcast. When I was doing, I was creating a book and I was, I was, had to rush it to get, cause we were going to a show. We need to get this book done. So in 2008, I binged through smart, awesome Marcus Ninja. What? It's one of the first books I worked on way I've back in the day. I'll tell you what I want. Awesome Marcus Ninja. Yeah. But I, I had to binge, I binged through like 60 episodes of Kevin Smith's podcast, Smodcast. Did you? Because I was like, and that's An where emotion, I was kind of like, yeah. I was like, oh, I think I like Kevin Smith again. Okay. And then by the end of it, I was like, I never want to hear this guy talk again. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, I was doing this book and I, you'd say 60 hours of drawing, that's 60 episodes of the show, right? So I went right. through a lot. Wow. And wow. I just realized I was like, I, I don't. I don't hate Kevin Smith, but I don't think he's that good. Well, I think it's also in the arena. It depends. Even within the podcasting arena, there's different techniques and like setups of show. Yeah. Like this show, of course, we bullshit and we just enjoy ourselves, which he does on Smodcast with Mosier, which yeah. isn't his, I don't think, most popular podcast. Because uh, my favorite But that's podcast, like the original one, you know, I right, think. It yeah. is. But my favorite of all time is Hollywood Babylon. I've never, I haven't listened to that. So Hollywood Babylon he does with Ralph Garman. Ralph Garman is, uh, he's one of the radio personalities on, uh, what's the big LA show in the morning? I don't know. Uh, I'm a Howard Stern guy. I don't care what I any other radio is called. It's the big LA show, right? Not Opie and Anthony. I don't think. Opie and Anthony's know. done now. Like yeah, it's like right. uh, no. Anthony's by himself or something. Like Kevin that. and Bean. Yeah, I think Kevin and yeah, Bean. Yeah, okay. That so sounds like a thing. He's a radio guy, and he's an okay. impersonator, and he's a voice. He's on Family Guy. Okay. He does a lot of the voices on Family Guy. He's, uh, he's do you remember uh, Joe Schmo, the Joe Schmo show? That where sounds Spike familiar. Did the fake reality show where they were all actors. That's but right. The yeah, guy yeah, thought yeah, he was yeah. on a real reality show. I vaguely show. remember. Yes. The host of that show was Ralph Garman. Okay. So, anyways. He does this show with Kevin Smith every week, and it's their version of Entertainment Tonight. Okay. So it's not just freeform. They do like uh, the beginning is like calls and emails, then so shout they outs. talk about like the Kardashians. Like what are they? No, doing? no, it's it's it it. Okay, the first one is emails and shout outs. Yeah. So they do shout outs to people all around the world who are come to the show or listen to the show, and they ask him to do impressions. Like, can you tell my wife to you know like sex better as Al Pacino or whatever? And you listen to this every Monday? Holy Jesus, listen this to, sounds terrible. I, you're you're way off. Okay? <laughs> okay, okay. And then they do, uh, and then they have like the geek news segment. Okay. They have uh, different little bits that they do. So there's like uh, Lindsay Lohan news, but it's like it's not what you think. Why is this doing this weird thing? I don't know. That was weird. 
Um, what did it do? Did it crackle? It does this word. Sometimes when a phone goes off. <laughs> it knows we're talking. Oh, maybe should I turn my phone off? No. It's on generally. Oh, look. This is my face. Just shared a post. Oh. That might have interfered. That would be Miss Katie Sawatsky. Yeah. Um, so anyways, and then they do geek news. They do, uh, they have like a Justin, Justin Bieber is a cunt segment. They, it's not so topical me. anymore, is it? Trust me. It's, it's. It's the funniest thing, one of the funniest things I've ever endured. Every week, yeah. if there's a Monday the show doesn't come out, yeah. I'm depressed. Like, Do you listen to Howard Stern? I used to a lot. He's the greatest, and he's still the greatest. And I love Stern. I always Nothing did. makes me happier than a, sure. like, a but whack Sure, but this is just straight up comedy. This yeah. is a comedy show. Yeah. Okay? It's and not them, it. like doing news or whatever. I hope they cancel it. No. It's so funny, Shane. I can't tell I you. Hear it. It's laugh out loud funny. Ralph Garman and his impressions and their jokes are, it's brilliant. Trust <laughs> me. It's genius, dude. <laughs> no. I have, no. Lot, I have enough good podcasts. I don't need that. Just, you got to do one. Next time there's a really good one. Just promise me you'll try one. You have to send me a link of I your favorite one. I will send you a link of a I, really I good one. I when I have a really it. good week, okay, okay. That was a good fucking okay. week. I'll send that to you. I'll do it, but and I won't like it. That's how do you know that? I guarantee. But why? What are you basing that on? I just it sounds like garbage. But it's funny. It doesn't sound. No, funny. you'll like it. It's no. funny. Trust me. I got I got Howard Stern. I listen to Howard Stern. <laughs> so I think Kevin Smith in that situation or an interview situation. Yeah. Like where Fat Man and Batman used to be when he would just sit down with Neil Adams for yeah. three hours or Scott Snyder and Capullo. Yeah. Those are where I enjoy him most. Sure, okay. I yeah. can't stand Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Or sorry, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Oh, is that a podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Him and Jay have a podcast. Okay, yeah. Where it's keeping Jay sober. And they started it to keep Jay sober and like account for Why things. would they want to keep him sober? Let him be fucking no, crazy. He's, he's better, a isn't he? mess on heroin. No, man. He's an absolute mess. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Trust me. Whatever. Let him be a mess. Keith, <laughs> Keith Richards is still alive. He's got a beautiful wife and daughter now. Okay, is he? Let's okay. Jay's yeah, right. doing well. He's got new teeth and everything. So I don't care. But either way, yeah. So we were, yeah, there you go. That's where I think he's best. Um. <sighs> Let's talk about your comic book. Okay. This is exciting stuff. As we were I'm saying excited. earlier. Yeah. There's a lot of buzz in the air. There's buzz. I buzz. haven't felt this much buzz since Morte. Okay. Which is exciting. I think there's buzz because I remember, so I asked a lot of different really great artists that I know and love, uh, friends of mine. Well, this is where I was going. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. The pinups. Yeah. This is going to be unlike anything ever as far as pinups. You have asked a bunch of your friends, many, many, as you're just about to say. Yeah. But these are some talented, talented Can I names? People. I have it in my phone. Do you really? Yeah. This is talented, talented people. And you've been sharing them and they've been sharing them online. And dude, yeah. I said to you earlier, I'm a little concerned about you <laughs> feeling inadequate about just your own work. Not that it's not adequate. I think it's more than that. No, no, you're right. Because I, I... But these pinups are some of the sickest. This is the sickest collection of pinups I've ever seen for any book oh, ever. You're only seen like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> it's insane. I know. Man. It's great. It's because, insane. So I don't know if you know Rodrigo Bravo. He's, I know the name. He worked with Aaron Feldman on a book. Okay, he's done, yeah, he's, yeah. He's done Toronto Comics Anthology. He's just yeah. he's an amazing, talented artist. Right. Um, he. It's funny too because I see him 
when we commute to work in the morning, we sometimes I see him on the streetcar and I just, even though I love him and he did an amazing pinup for me, I duck him because I don't want to talk to people in the morning. <laughs> and I've told him too. And I was like, I saw you the other day and I didn't That's talk to you. And he's like, man. I understand too. Cause he probably doesn't want to talk to you. Oh, yeah. No one wants yeah. to talk in the morning. Right. Yeah. But I asked him and then he did his pinup and I was like, fuck. And I think I posted it when I posted on Instagram. I was like, don't you hate when, people draw your own character way better than <laughs> yeah, you do. Like totally he just better. fucking nailed it. And I was like, Jesus, but it's like, whatever, you know, like that's, uh, that's part yeah. of the deal, <laughs> but it's so good. And then I remember he, um, like at this point I'd ask a lot of people, right? Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, he, he was like, do you mind if I post it? And I was like, at, at first my instinct was wait until I do my Kickstarter and show them all at once. Right. But then I was like, why the fuck are we waiting? You show build. it. You got to build the anticipation, show it. man. Yeah. And then like, and then um, like uh, Gabe Sapienza did one and he was like, do you mind if I post it? And I was like, absolutely. It's one, the other people who haven't done theirs yet are going to see it and try to do a better one because they're like feeling competitive. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it just builds buzz. People are like, what is this Morris book? What is this going on? So now I have yeah. like anyone who wants to share it. I go share it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's kind of creating this buzz and there's so many good artists. So like, what did I show you? So, so I've have... seen, I've seen Dave Bishop. Dave Bishop's amazing. Incredible. I saw Christopher Yao. Yeah. Killed it. Amazing. Killed it. He hasn't even finished inking it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point it will be over. But Rodrigo Bravo, I'm looking at my list here. Gabe Sapienza. Yeah. Uh, Joe Bonsu, Heroes of the World. Joe Ose Bonsu. <laughs> Sorry, I'm never not going to take advantage. Of no, I love say it. That I love there. Joe. He's Joe so great. Yeah. Those guys are all amazing. I, for years now, since the beginning of this podcast, even beforehand, I remember yeah. Heroes of the World at Fan Expo before I started this show. They've been oh, yeah. around for like ever. Yep. But then after starting to talk to them, and it's been like five years of chatting with those bastards yeah. now. And always positive over the years oh yeah have just remained the most excited positive yeah, joe and mark are so fucking great people. they're so yeah, nice absolutely love those dudes yeah joe i always resent joe because he's so like he's so talented he's so handsome too and i'm just like <laughs> it's not fair man like, <laughs> it's not right <laughs> i'm not saying he's not handsome but i just never had addressed this he's situation. a handsome fella i, I look at him is. and i go jesus yeah I look, yeah i like to look like him he's, well, maybe like he's hiding guy. a bit behind the hat and the glasses to me so i haven't noticed maybe yeah. he needs he to take put, that he's one of those guys off, he wears set, glasses and set like, himself he's free. more handsome with the glasses <laughs> it's not fair <laughs> that name and okay that, and that I don't want anyone to resent me for not naming the name. So I'm going to, okay, these are the guys that have done pinups. Right. Shay, A. Shay Han, we know Shay, which is, he's going to do a variant cover. Nice. Uh, Raul Torres, he's the guy that worked with Shay on Gladiosaurs. Okay. And I'm working with him on the Kayfabe wrestling book. Uh, the volume two of Kayfabe. It's You're working on volume two of that. I'm going to do a story with Raul Torres. I didn't Torres. know they were doing a volume two. They're doing it and it's amazing because Raul. Who's behind that again? Uh, the guy's name is Micah Myers, I yes, believe. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Micah so Myers. I don't know him personally, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, Raul yeah. and Shay, I kind of like met them online. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Then there's uh, George, Tot- I believe I'm saying it right, Todorovsky. Todorovsky. Which not many people know, but he's amazingly talented. Right. And he's also inking my pre, uh, we're going to call it an issue zero of Morris. Sure, yeah. And he's inking well, it. That's and a he's been, now. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, I I have a long list of other artists. You asked, like, 30 people, didn't you? I asked so many people because I love them so much and I want to see their versions of Morris. And right. I want 
I want them to be part of it, and I'm grateful yeah. and honored. Now, that let's they are. not get too far from taking away the fact that you have been killing it because you've been Thanks, sharing your man. own art too. Yeah, I guess you know what I'm not right. gonna mention any more names because at that point, there's there's some people. I keep some of the excitement. Yeah, but also like <laughs> there's people that I'm like they'll do it for sure. There's a few people that I've counted on. I'm like. They're kind of flaky artists. Right. They might not show up. I'm not going to be upset about it, obviously. Like, do your own thing. Well, it's Maybe pen up stuff, time. right? That's understandable for sure. But but the but, people, uh, but the there's things, more... but what has been drawn is oh yeah. There's oh that's probably my phone here. Let me like just turn this oh, off entirely. I Sorry. I think it's your weird phone. It's my weird phone. Messing man. everything up. What is that? One of them Samsung. It is. I'm one of the few people left still rocking a BlackBerry. But it's a, Android. it's a BlackBerry Android. It's a BlackBerry Android. Nothing usually messes so with So it's just like having wires. like an Android, like a Samsung, but it has a keypad. Uh, so I can type, so I'm still grandpa, and I'm like... Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to turn it but off. But yeah, man. but you yourself have also been killing it, man. And Thanks, buddy. Like, horses are not easy to draw. No, and... Um, Your character is well built in yeah. the way that he is actually like simplistic enough that... You know, I feel like I could draw Morris. You should. Do you draw know what Morris. I mean? Do you want to do a pinup for me? Oh, we'll see. Yeah, we might be able to do a little something, some. Yeah, I can pull out the old school skills, but Ricky's doing one for me too. Ricky oh, well, and Aaron I'm Feldman. Definitely am then if you got yeah. Ricky on there. Yeah, <laughs> much love. <laughs> but no, but he's he's just like the way he's built. Yeah, is a is a drawable character. Yes. So it's a simple form where these people are able to go nuts with. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right? So that's the smartness of it. But you've also, at the same way, haven't, you know, now you've pledged to draw horses. And it seems like you're well, it's a Western. You've been encouraging yourself more. Well, no, you're getting okay. better at these horses. Horses are awkward and hard to draw, but they're not impossible to draw. And no, 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 no. I, I posted, I wrote, like I it's drew. It's more the positioning of it, but yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just, yeah. Uh, but I. I posted, I was like, I did a Morris on the horse and I go, pretty soon I'll be good at drawing horses. And people were like, no, this is a great horse. And I was like, I meant in a sense that I one day will probably not have to use reference. Okay. Right. Whereas those horses I'm drawing, but I'm using reference heavily because I don't know how to draw horses that well. Right, right, and, right. right. Uh, but yeah, like I'm going to be drawing, it's a Western. So there's going to be a lot of horses. Yeah. And I love Western, so uh, I'm going to learn to draw horses really well. I wonder well. if it's going to start a new thing, man, with you and Katie. Well, Katie, yeah, Katie's Slow Mosey is a Western too, right? So Right, right. Because um, Toronto has been uh, – it's kind of faded out a bit, but Toronto's really, really good for its sci-fi. Yeah. And it's kind of retro – kind of stuff as yeah. far as uh even you like black hunters has got a retro feel to it you know yeah. black hole hunters has got this like 50s pulp like you know adventure yeah monster. and chris johnson did the, it's a monster the, book, the font right? that looks yeah. like that yeah exactly it's a monster sci-fi right you know yeah but i mean a lot of the stuff like even like when you look through it it, it can be mystical you know you got fourth planet yeah. you've got you know uh neon black part two yeah. just came out can't wait to get my hands on that i but, got i got but, a copy already oh, i can't wait Oh, Kevin, Bri Kevin Briones kind of is doing a pinup, by the way, too. Oh, that's going to be yeah. sick. Oh, is he going to oh, paint it? Will it be a painted one? I don't know. Whatever he has time for. You know, yeah. he's a busy boy. Paint it, Kev. Paint it. Um, yeah, but Toronto's had that thing of, of like deep sci-fi and kind of Or Canadian stuff. superheroes, the resurgence of Canadian superheroes. Well, too, they're trying, right? at least. They're yeah. trying a lot, very hard. Look, yeah. okay. Let's, okay, let's have this discussion. Okay. 
I haven't had it with you yet, I don't think so much, so I've had it quite in-depthly with Mr. Shehan. Sure. Now, I appreciate Captain Canuck. Yeah. I appreciate the resurgence, I appreciate the identity, I appreciate the whole existence of the whole thing. And I've even discussed this with the creators themselves of certain books, like our friend Sam Noir. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's gotten to a bit of an overload point? When these books are great, mind you, like Major North and North and North Guard yeah, and, <laughs> and Captain Canuck. Well, and, and Pitiful Human Lizard is a Canadian superhero, and he right, doesn't he just, doesn't look like a clone of Captain Canuck. There you go. Like, he's a very good new creator. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some of these are really good books. So that's the thing. Though. It's a difficult discussion for me to have because I don't want to put anybody down for doing these things. No, I, absolutely not. Do you know what I'm no, saying? No, no, I wouldn't put anyone down. At, at all. From what I've seen is... But I do think we need to get away a bit from that canuck mold people will do it on their own or not that's not up to me i can do a western we i guess is a general like community thing well i think what we need to start coming up with some more like like putting the maple leaf on a character doesn't necessarily make that a definingly canadian character absolutely not at this point right so we need more of things like the pitiful human lizard which is a very very canadian comic book in the way that it's based in you know, his parents who yeah. came from a different country who are dealing with different cultures yeah. and living in a city with all these different cultures. Yeah. And, you know, from that certain point of view. And it has a very cool, like, he doesn't look like a guy in a Canada flag suit. Right. He's right. got a different, unique look, which is very important, right? Right, right. I feel like people fall. So what I've seen, people, there's a resurgence of Captain Canuck, which is great. Personally, I don't have a, a thing with Captain Canuck. Like, it wasn't... I feel the same, right? Yeah, which is fine. But uh, right. everyone loves the new Captain Canuck. The Chapter House stuff, great. Um, right here. Where that bottle opener? And then... Um, Steam whistle! I think what people have realized is that there is a market. There's a certain amount of people that just really want Canadian superheroes. Right. So What's whether a Canadian it's, superhero? This I think you're talking the Auric way, of the right? North and the Pit right. of the Human Lizard and Captain Canuck. So what's happened is there's some people that have been like, oh, that's a market. Let me make my Canadian superhero. And unfortunately, a lot of them end up looking like ripoffs of Captain Canuck. Right, right, right. But as long as people buy them, why, sure. would, why would they stop making them? Let sure. them do it. Like the, the... Do you think there is a definition of a Canadian comic book, though? Like, take out the typical, like, I'm a Canadian superhero because I got the maple leaf on my chest. Other than that, is there a Canadian-style comic book? I, I, I don't know. I don't think there is. You know, I think well, a good comic is a good comic wherever I think there it comes is... from. Especially with, look at all these comics. I mean, it happens on this show all the time that I'm talking to guys who've never met and made a beautiful comic. I showed you Tart earlier. Right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. Kevin Joseph and Ludovic Saleh didn't yeah. meet till like issue three or four when they finally came together in New York Comic Con. Yeah. I think it was New York. L- what's his name? Ludovic, Ludovic Saleh. What a nice name. France. That's beautiful He's to French. say. Yeah. Oh, yeah Ludovic, say it again. Ludovic Saleh. That's on uh, par with Joe. Joseph Ose Bansu. Yeah. <laughs> Ludovic Saleh. Great names, right? Great name. So they hooked up online and made this Tart comic, which yeah. is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Oh my lord, that it's cover un- is so good. You're showing it to me earlier. It's unbelievably good. Yeah. And, so good. And, you know, that's been happening. So I think as far as comics, I love for the community that it it's broken down the borders. of Like back in the 90s or whenever, pre-internet, you wouldn't be working with somebody 
whoever, you know, David Bishop and Kevin Joseph wouldn't be making a comic together if this was pre-internet. Sure. Right? Like, and now we get to have that. So it's a wonderful thing. But as far as in Canada, you know, that's one thing I do love about the anthology, the Toronto Comics anthology, is that the stipulation is that it has to be a story about Toronto. Yeah, or that's some very way related important. to Toronto. Yeah, right, yeah. that's a very important thing. And sure. I love that they do that. That's my favorite thing about that anthology because amazing stories come out of it. Yeah. But I think other than that, I don't I don't know. I don't think there's like a Canadian comic book or an American I style comic book. I think we're putting book. too much emphasis on the fact that it's Canadian. Like, True. Dale Keown's Canadian. John Byrne's Canadian. Right. These are like Canadians have, it's, it's kind of like in the, it forever in a way. Canadians have been on top for a long but time. But you talk about like, um, especially now, like look at the Canadian comedians and comedic actors. There's amazing talent that's always come out of Canada. We're good at shit. I always think of it in the <laughs> same sense as comic books where there's always been Canadians doing it. And I don't think that you need to emphasize like, Morris, I want to be a good book, but not. I don't want it to be a Canadian book. Right. That it's a Western. What difference does right? it make whether yeah, it's Canadian yeah, or not? Yeah. I just happen to be Canadian, which I, I love this country and I think it's amazing. Right. So where's it set? Is this a fictional world? It is a fictional world. It is um, – originally it was going to be just a Western town because I love spaghetti Westerns. I right. love old Westerns. I love everything. I love even more modern ones like Tombstone's one of my favorite movies oh, of all Tombstone's time. Oh, so good. So you don't understand how much I love Tombstone, dude. dude I had, did you hear this episode uh, years ago? Great. We'll have to go back in the archives to find it. But I was honored enough to do uh, to moderate Michael Bean's panel mm. at the Great love Allentown Comic Con. Is it Bean or is it it's Bien? Bean. No, it's Bean. Oh, it's pronounced it doesn't Bean. sound as cool. I always thought it was Bien. He is so cool, man. He's the greatest. He was so cool. Terminator, he, Aliens, fucking Johnny Ringo. I got to moderate his panel, and this yeah. was a smaller con, yeah. so it wasn't one of those cons where I really had to yeah. follow shit. I was pretty much free reign in it, and I made it a podcast. I sat down with him. I didn't give... Normally, I'll sit down if it's a bigger moderation panel, right? Yeah. You maybe ask a couple questions, have some shit chat bullshit five ten minutes yeah then he handed over to the crowd that's what they want right yeah this was a little enough show i was kind of like honestly fuck the crowd i got th- i want to talk to this guy sure, yeah. right this is a small little room i was like i'm taking advantage right yeah yeah when am i gonna get to talk to this guy again no he's so underrated michael so i sat down with him and i didn't give up q a till like the last 15 minutes good i think good and dude i went right to tombstone i was like Wait, Fuck, this I, is an episode of your podcast? Yeah, I recorded it. It's an episode. Yeah, I got to go back and listen. Yeah, to it's this. a live. It's a uh, Michael Bean from uh, the Great Philadelphia Comic Con 2015. Okay, I got to go back and listen. But I'll to find it. it. Yeah, and uh, I went straight to Tombstone. I love. I this. went okay. Everybody, Terminator, blah blah, blah awesome yeah. dude. Let's talk some Tombstone. Yeah. And we, I went right into it, and he was like, he was so on board. He was really, really, really proud of that movie, man. I, and I love I just, Tombstone, dude. Horses. I kept. I was like, so did you learn horse? Like, I, that's how yeah. I just kept bringing it back to Tombstone. Johnny Ringo's so good in yeah, that. Yeah. I honestly, I feel like Doc Doc Holliday, uh, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. He should have won an Oscar. He is so, so good, good as Doc yeah, Holliday yeah, in that movie. Yeah, yeah. But I love that movie so much. My old roommate. This is a funny story about Tombstone. I love it so much that one night we were watching it. 
and he was like, it was, it's like midnight. And he's like, I'm going to head to bed. And I was like, no, you're not. We're watching Tombstone. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'll watch the rest later. <laughs> and, uh, I wrestled him to the ground and made him watch it. And then he sat there and he watched a bit more with me. <laughs> oh, he hadn't he, seen it. No, he'd seen it. Okay. But he, you don't walk away from Tombstone. No. So then we, I wrestled him and he, he always loses. I'm a better wrestler than him. Okay. And he, we watched <laughs> well, a bit you're more. A thick fellow. Yeah. <laughs> and then a halfway through, like another half hour goes by and he goes, all right, that's enough. I'm going to go to bed. And I go, no, you're not. And I wrestled him <laughs> and I physically held him and we Do sat there. Do you work there. out in any way? Yeah. I, uh, well, you do. I haven't been going to the gym since I got this dog. Well, you're, like you're a thick guy. Just naturally you can yeah. tell, right? Yeah, like yeah. You're, you're a good stock. But yeah. your fucking arms are monstrous. Is well, that just yeah, I, naturally you're It's genetic. Genetics? My dad okay. has big arms. So even right. if I don't work out, I have big arms. Okay. But I also... Yeah. I was going through a phase where I was working out a lot and my arms were pretty huge. Right on. But yeah, yeah. so whatever. But I'm I also grew up with a lot of boy like brothers, cousins. So you I'm have very brothers? I have four brothers. You have four brothers? Yeah, my I dad did not my know dad that. has five boys. What? Yeah, he, he knows how to make and boys. And you are where in that mix? So uh from my mom and my dad, the first three kids, I'm the middle. Okay. I have an older brother by two years, younger brother by two years. And okay. then my dad remarried and had... So I have two younger brothers right now mm-hmm. that are, I think, 10 and 14. Okay. So they're like my little boy. But Oh, between, young, young right now. Yeah. That's fun. That's but like also between like <laughs> all of... I think I'm of like... I can't remember how many grandkids there are, but there's two girls and there's just a shit ton of boys. <laughs> so we spent our whole like watching wrestling and yeah, wrestling right, a lot. Right. So I'm, a rough... I like... Yeah. It's weird because like <laughs> I'm not gay and I don't I don't care if people think I'm gay, but yeah. I I love wrestling with another man. There's something so wonderful about it. I will wrestle. Are you kidding? Yeah, if you want to wrestle like right after this, I'll wrestle you. Like I love Dude, one of the best things about being a father. Yeah. And you know, he's only six, so yeah. he's tiny. But one of the best things is the fact that any moment I can just be like, small package. Yeah, oh, Boom. yeah. <laughs> Razor's like, edge just on the couch. Yeah, Like, come on, let's go, kid. I think my stepmom tried to raise my brother. <laughs> who's, he's like 14 now. But as he was growing up, uh, she tr- I think she wanted him to be like a nice, gentle boy. There was all bets are off with me. Because uh, I think <laughs> both of my brothers, like, they're so rough and like wrestly because of me. So, like, when I'd go over to babysit them sometimes, I'd walk in the door and my brother would just be like, let's fight. And he'd just, like, <laughs> punch me in the nuts, you know? Like, and I was just like – and my, my yeah. stepmom would look at me and kind of just be like, this is your fault. Like, this is why they're like this. And I was like, I, I, love, Sorry, I love wrestling with another fella, you know? Yeah, what what yeah. can I do? No, wrestling's fun, man. That's your Anyways, thing. I made my old roommate. That's how much I love Tombstone. I made my old roommate right. watch Tombstone. He watched yeah. until the end because I wouldn't physically let him leave. Right. And then uh, well, I, also... I had asked him though about the horse training. Yeah. I'm like, so it was a lot of training. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'd worked on this other movie before yeah. and got it. And it was really cool to see him like open up because yeah. I was not talking about the Terminator. Of course. Yeah. I don't, I think he was thrown off that yeah. I didn't give a fuck about the Terminator. He's talking like, about The Rock. He has a small role the in The Rock. rock. Totally. That but it's so forgettable. So Everyone forgets he was in The Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Good also, dude. I, I really have really nice guy. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. One of my close friends, she's an actress. She's in the upcoming It movie. She has a oh, right. That's on. her first big. What's role. her name? Shout her out. Her name's Tatum Lee. Tatum Lee. Yeah, that's an actress name right yeah. there. I think yeah. she made it like I think her last name's like a actress name or whatever. But she, her, and I basically communicate through text 
in nothing but tombstone quotes. That's excellent. It's all we ever talk about. That's and we, yeah. excellent, dude. I, I remember we talked about it I'll so be much. your huckleberry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. every line is quotable in Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, um, my, where I used to work together. Oh, with sorry. What's, what's the best one? Uh, um, oh, shit. How does he say it? We play for blood? No. What? Tombstone line? You're going to pull that smoke wagon and just... Oh, skin that skin that, skin that smoke wagon. Skin it. You're going to stand there and bleed. Oh, my God. That's fat Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. He smacks him. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. So good. People forget, Charlton Heston is in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's but Hooker. To give it to Joe. I'm Hooker. He was in the... People forget, too. He was in the remake of... Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, I know. The Tim Burton one. Oh, I got in a fight the in the theater monkey... because of that. The, the Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah, where he's, li- he's the old I, because monkey liar. I don't go to theaters because I get in fights with you. Because I, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at theaters, uh, I, I talk. <laughs> I like talking during movies. I'm not a good... <laughs> you suck. <laughs> People hate it. So that's yeah. why I just don't go anymore. But I remember as a, a younger man, we went to watch Planet of the Apes. And I remember I leaned over to my friend and he was like... I was like, that's Charlton Heston. Because <laughs> he was like a monkey, so you couldn't tell. And I would yeah. go, that's Charlton. And some guy shushed me, and then we got in an argument. And I go, Shut up and watch the fucking yes. movie. <laughs> but oh, because of Charlton you're the Essen, best, man. Yeah. It'll always, let's tell that story again. Uh, we're at Fan Expo, and we're trying to have a chat, doing some recording, a podcast behind your table. Yeah. And there is some jackass with a ghetto blaster. Oh, yeah, or something there's always blasting. that one guy. And you were talking, and you just stopped in the middle of it. You're like, hey, we're trying to do an interview over Turn, here. Well, what the fuck, man? It was great, man. These so like, cosplayers, Have I'm fine. Courtesy, but sometimes yeah. cosplayers get carried away, and they go, I'll carry around a speaker blasting music, <laughs> and it'll be so cool. Yeah. And they don't realize, like, yeah, it's also people are trying to sell stuff. Well, when you con, get into right? artists, like, here's what a lot of them don't understand, is that Artist Alley is that very, very, very special place at any con. Yeah. Where... People are working. No other place. Yeah, other places, yeah. Fine. Exhibitors, you're working. You're selling. Video games, you're tootling. People you're don't selling, think of cons whatever. as work. But we're, like, the people with the most on the line are in the alley. I think so. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sense, These yeah. are the people who are putting or the, the most on the line. Or the vendors, too. Those vendor tables are vendors more Vendors as well, but sure. Yeah. But still, it's a straight up, you're not selling your own work. You're selling people on stuff they already know when but you're But to be vendor, fair, people right? don't go to cons and go like, oh, these, be quiet. These people are working. People go because it's a fun experience. No, no, yeah, people don't sure. realize that people are working, right? What, like, I'm saying, what I'm saying is if you are a cosplayer, you got that ghetto blaster, which is cool. I... A lot of guys had the Adidas Stormtrooper. You ever seen him? No, I don't think so. There's a hip hop Stormtrooper that yeah. goes around. Does he break dance? Oh yeah. All right. He's got a big boombox and his Adidas wear, and he's all a Stormtrooper. All right. And all it's right. great. But you don't see him walking through Artist Alley with that fucking thing. He's staying. He knows. That, he you knows. Know, or he turns it off, or he's Whatever. staying to where the other shit is. I'm just saying. Like, I I get why they do it. I just, I'm like... The comics uh, are... It, there's very few shows in Canada that are respecting comics, like shows in the States do. And I'm sorry. As far as, like, Artist Alley at Fan Expo, yeah. as an example, is ran beautifully. Kevin does an amazing job. especially yeah. Ever since Kevin Boyd came back, people are a million times happier. People are feeling great. Great atmosphere. Great treatment. It's a beautiful, beautiful Artist Alley. Not the problem isn't with the alley itself. Its problem is with the show's outlook and treatment of the alley in the way that I can't believe that they don't want to be connected to the Schuster Awards. 
But do they not? They I not. I don't know this. They do. There's no connection there. Okay, there's been an opportunity, and I'm not gonna get. I'm I gonna think they've this done guy. the Schuster Awards at fan expos before. Though. I don't think they have, man. I, I don't think, believe that I feel it's like been they announced because the Schuster Awards. I feel like the ceremonies moved around. They've done it at different cons and stuff. That's all about celebrities now, man. It's all about bringing in the people, making the money off the photo shoots, off the celebrities. Yeah, and you know, it's of course. Of course, I'm saying this biased because I love comic books and I want the comic books to thrive. Yeah. But man, it's over. It's over as far as Comic Cons. It's not over. Fan expos are going to live, thrive, and 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 relish in this whole thing that's going on. Comic Cons that word should be obliterated from the entire situation because it's not a comic convention. But what I it's would a say is, convention, which is who, fine, I, which is fine. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I but get you see it. what I'm saying? Like people come f- to see the Norman Reedus from Walking Dead. Yes. Why do you think the Toronto comic book shows and stuff like that, where it's just literally, they're going old school where they're like, yeah, but old look, here's gone, a giant man. room like, that's of long thing, yeah. boxes. That's a bunch of yeah. guys that have a million comics they don't know what to do with because no one wants singles anymore. Well, but what I would say about Fan Expo is that, yes, people come for the people from The Walking Dead or they come to see Stanley or whatever. But the fact that they bring this amount of people into the venue, mm-hmm. if you're selling comic books, you can't sit there and go, well, they're cosplayers or they just came to see Stan Lee and they don't buy my book. They're, if you pack a place with people... And you can't sell books to them. That's your fault. Yeah, that's your fault. That's absolutely. You're right. We sell. Absolutely. We don't do prints. Yeah. We, Ricky and I do Blackwell Honors Club. You we guys don't, never. Yeah. We don't do prints. We you don't sell, sell prints books. at Deadpool. Or we sell yeah. our own books and we make money at shows because we. We you know what I find every show because whenever I went to a fan expo as just a fan or any comic con as just a fan, I always went because I was like, okay, uh, uh, Kevin Smith's there, so that's why I'm going. Okay. So we talk to people and I go. What brings you here? Like, and assuming they say uh, Stanley, I came for Stanley. But a lot of people go. I heard there was a con, and I wanted to check it out. Yeah, I just wander sure. around. Yeah, a lot of people just hear about these comic cons, and they go check it out, and then they yeah. see your book, and they go, "This is cool," and they don't have an agenda. Like, yeah, it, yeah, they bring in a shit ton of people, and so yeah, there's a million other things going on. There's horror. There's video games, but those people will buy your comic books too. I love westerns, man. I grew up. My grandfather was huge into westerns, so I watched all the spaghetti ones. I love them. The Clint Eastwood ones. Pale Rider was my jam. I only have seen Pale Rider. You haven't seen Pale Rider, dude. That's Clint Eastwood's. Other than Unforgiven, I just watched Unforgiven. That's his like. That's his jam, man. Well, there's also like, well, there's the the Dollars trilogy, but also the you ever seen like Hang 'Em High? Sure, sure. So uh, Clint Eastwood's so good. Outlaw Josie Wales. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good That's stuff, I think man. Garth Ennis's favorite movie. That's why I watched oh, it. Oh really? Because I remember him saying that. You gotta watch Pale Rider, man. I gotta watch it now. Uh Pale Rider is uh what's his name? Michael Moriarty. Oh yeah. Who used to be on Law and Order. He was the original okay, lawyer yeah, guy. Yeah. And he's in that with him. And it's a brilliant movie. Well, I gotta watch it now. He's I like guess. a the, He's like a dead preacher who like returns and shit. It's so good. But I even yeah, I even got a guy, a friend of mine who makes music, and he's like, he's one of these guys who's like a musical genius, but he's so hard to harness. Okay. Yeah. Like we were at the cottage one year, and he had his guitar, and 
everyone would yell out songs and he'd play it and then he'd just like go into this weird medley of all these other songs and you're like <laughs> it's like so and you're like just go back to the one song I wanted to hear so like he's great so he is writing a we're calling it like a Morris theme song fuck off really because I was like we're gonna do the Kickstarter and we'll have the video sure uh, <laughs> I guess at this point maybe when this comes out the Kickstarter might be up and running or if not in a few days after this is going up in this is going up in two days okay so the kickstarter this will, will be, be out. up monday yeah. august what's today 19th 19th yeah 21st yep the 21st all right so the kickstarter will be out a week or two after that basically okay. so look for the morris kickstarter well this this here begins our road to fan expo yes absolutely yeah my fan friend ex, fan expos two where you from. will be yes sir of course as always are with your partner ricky lima yeah so Black Hole Hunters Club, in case anybody out there doesn't know, that's what you've kind of become known through. Yeah, that's been my most uh, successful book that I've done. Which is so amazing. Which is one of my favorite Yeah, I runs. love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Monster book and all. Um, so what brings about Morris? Morris is actually an idea I had years ago before we did Black Hole Hunters Club. Um, I had worked on a few different things and I was kind of floating around and I had, I did this drawing of this fat mustached cowboy sheriff guy. It's Wilford Brimley. It's, it, 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 it. No, no. It. <laughs> um, I didn't, I don't like, I know of Wilford Brimley, so, right. but I wasn't like, I'm going to make a guy that looks like Wilford Brimley. It was mostly right. like doodling. It is a stereotypical look. But it's Wilford. Like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's yeah, Wilford yeah. Brimley. Like, right, yeah, yeah. I didn't create him going like it's Wilford Brimley. But right. You look at him and everyone goes, like, if they're going to make well, a movie of Morris. So was that your first thought was, I'm going to make a hero who's not your typical hero? No. My okay. my first thought was I did this drawing of this cowboy. It was just supposed to be a one-off drawing. Because would you even call him a cowboy? Because I don't get that. Yeah, he's going to ride a horse. But and... he's a sheriff, right? Like, he's he... not like a plains drifter, like we were just saying. Like... He so the story of Morris is basically going to be um, because I was going to do a, an original just sort of western, but I th I felt like that was kind of not boring, but maybe limited, I guess, because I I have a bit of like ADD and I want to go off and do different things sometimes. So sure. I was like, if I do it in a sort of post-apocalyptic world, I can have a T Rex show up. I can have any sort of weird thing, right? So basically the whole idea is this is maybe, let's say, after Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un blow up this world. <laughs> 200 years yeah. from now, you know, somewhere well in the future, there's still people kicking around, but like maybe a lot less of them. And the world's transformed. So this is the future. Uh, I'm not going to get too tied into what it was. It's, okay. it's going to be this world where it's Timeless like a, po kind of a post-apocalyptic thing. And uh, this way... Um, you get the old Western town, like a very Western setting. Right. But there will be things like gadgets kind of left over. And Morris is kind of figuring out. He knows how to work some stuff. Oh, so now okay. I can have Morris show up with a jet pack. Oh, really? That he made out of you've old... shown nothing to give that impression so far. So the Like, so far, this book looks like a straight-up Western. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. But in the first issue, he's basically beating the crap out of like anthropomorphic lizard guys what yeah. where is this coming from i think i've showed you it's a bunch of lizard guys they they're anthropomorphic because they're wearing pants so that's how you know they're anthropomorphic <laughs> of course <laughs> and they're, they're gonna talk a lot you know um, yeah. but 
originally the idea was I did the illustration of that, and then I did another one because people really responded to the the people like the look of Morris. Yeah. That. So I did another one, and then I, uh, my original plan was just to do a series of illustrations of this guy Morris, this cowboy guy, doing different things, riding on a shark, you know, different like okay. fun fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then. Um, I think it was around 2000. It was a while ago now, 2012 or 2013. I thought Morris has to be my next comic book. People really respond well to the look. At that point, I just made some prints and sold them. You've been planning this for that long. Yeah, but I never did it because I got Ricky and I ended up doing Blackwell Hunters Club, which wasn't supposed to be a long going thing. Right. It was just supposed to be a 12 hour comic jam, but people liked right. it. So we it kept doing it. So now jam, we're on yeah. issue eight. So I kind of got sidetracked and I just didn't have time to do Morris. So now I'm like, I'm going to do Blackwell Hunters Club, but also Morris is the focus, right? Right, right? So I've been planning it for years, but only recently I've made the focus and like, Morris is going to be the next big thing that I do. And now I'm planning the Kickstarter for it. have all these amazing pinups. I have an issue zero. I have an issue one. Uh, and then I'm going to go from there. And I'm it's going to be in this world where... I want it to be sort of uh, in the world like – like you ever read The Goon? Mm-hmm. Where that's kind of a world where like things yeah, can yeah. just happen and they don't have right. to explain why there's this and okay, that. Okay, I got you. And I want it's its own existence type m- thing. My, my model for uh, Morris is to do – so issue zero and issue one are two different stories that introduce the world but you don't – they're independent of each other. You don't have to read right. one before the other or whatever. Right. Okay. And then once the world is introduced, I'm going to work with guys like um, Fred Kennedy, Aaron Feldman, Devin Wong, these really great writers that I know that I've been wanting to work with for a long time. And I so want to do... you're, you're writing the first two? First two I've already written. I have the script written. Okay. Now, is that weird? Because you haven't written tons. It's not weird. It's fun. Good. And I've I've touched base with Aaron Feldman. Uh, he's kind of like my editor for this book, and he's given me some tips. Oh, on where okay. To go I didn't it. know Aaron was that involved. That's cool. yeah. He's I love Aaron, and him right and I on. have been like yeah, I've been. He sent me one of his scripts, and we yeah. bounce ideas back and uh, forth. Editor on the Toronto Comics Anthology. Yeah, several volumes. Yeah, yeah. Aaron is so talented. I right. love his work, and I really want to work with him. So right on. the plan with Morris is to. Uh, do like a Hellboy model where you do like a four to six issue miniseries, release the issue single, and then collect them in a trade. Sure. And then you can – it doesn't have to be like trade one, trade two, trade – it just – you know, like this story can stand alone. And so this story in the Morris world written by, say, Aaron Feldman and I – Right. That's our story. And then I can go and work with another writer and then that's Oh, that's our... good. That's great. Yeah, so you it... don't have like a big planned like plot like no. lined out. You just have this I wanna, world. I want to just show this world and build it as we write it. You right know, I don't want to lay out all the rules now. Well, that's great. You can bring in so many people like so at many different people. times. The problem is it stuff. actually takes time to do this. So yeah. all the people I, want, I have a million people I'd like to work with. I got to draw these books too. So it doesn't yeah, happen yeah. overnight, right? Well, we're so... kind of lacking writers in Toronto. Are There's we? a lot of them, but as far as the balance, I think the balance is off. I think there's far more artists here than there are writers. Not that there's not a lot that are great writing amazing stuff, but I just feel like uh, we have far more artists here. But we also push that here. I think it's as easier to see as, artists. You know, well, think about it. When you think about all the people we have that are huge in the big two right yeah. now or whatever they're doing, we have some of the top tier talent living in Ontario. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. 
yeah. like Faybach, Finch, yeah. Templeton, like it, the list goes on and on. The whole Raid Studio, right. like. But we're talking artists, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where you know, like, well, there's Ed Brisson. He's yeah, doing old absolutely. Man Logan. Like I'm like I'm not saying there's none. There yeah. are many talented ones. I just think that the ratio feels a little off compared to certain other places. I, I know personally, I I've been talking to a lot of different writers that like I like obviously I'd love to have Ricky do some sort of Morris thing. Right. Uh, but we have a lot of people who do both here. Oh yeah. Right? Like yeah. there's there's tons of people who are writer artists yeah. here. More so than I've seen in other places, sure. which is cool. But that's yeah. just the thing here. You know? Yeah, but I mean, like, I already have a list of guys, just local guys that I know that I've always wanted to work with, like Devin Wong, Aaron Feldman, Fred Kennedy, sure. Ricky. There's um, there's two guys we met in Windsor this year. They uh, they they don't even do comic books. They wrote short sci-fi stories. We met okay. them in Windsor and in Sarnia. And I forgive me if I'm butchering their names, uh, Christian Laforette and Ben Van Dugan or something like that. Okay. I read their fucking short sci-fi book. It's it goes back and forth like they each write little short stories. They're amazing. I was like, I'd Why love not? to work with them. There's so many writers that I want to work with. Right, so right, right. that's my idea basically. And then I'm I'm just talking like guys I know and local guys. Who knows where it could be? Like by the time I get to work with everyone. Who knows where yeah, Morris yeah. could be at that time, right? So you know that, cool? that's the plan is to work on these short stories in this world. I'm waiting for people to just start doing some funky, <laughs> interesting stuff with certain people who do do both. Yeah. Um, here it comes. You ready? It's been an hour. We've been talking for an hour. Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm so excited. I've made too. it for an hour without mentioning Sean Daly's name. God damn. I love but Sean now Daly. we're an hour in. So we're going to talk about Sean I can't Daly. believe it's been an hour. I know. It's been, it's I been feel like that we should have let off with Sean Daly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> often, who's um, going to do a pinup? By the way, oh, for is Morris? Oh, obviously, dude. obviously, that's kind of yeah. That's well, it was. Stupid. I got into yeah. this weird <laughs> thing where I had asked so many people, but I hadn't asked Sean Daly because Sean Daly's so busy. So I was like, you know what? But I don't Sean wanna... Daly is 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 life committed. No, I know. But him I... and I have talked on this show yeah. about the fact that he wakes up. He literally rolls yeah, physically know, out of his bed into yeah. his drawing table yeah. and just keeps on going. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, and I love Sean. He's going to help me. He's going to show mm. me how to make my own beer. But my point is <laughs> very important. <laughs> but this thing with Sean is he's a very underrated writer. Oh, yeah. He gets oh, yeah. so much attention yeah. for his amazing art. Yep. But I mean, if you've read Terraquil, like there's some feels. Sean really knows how to hit the feels. Yeah. And he can write. It'd be interesting to see someone draw Sean's writing. Oh, absolutely. I would absolutely. love to see yeah. that. I, I would really, yeah. really like to see that. Because, yeah. I mean, Sean knows what he's doing all Well, that's now, when I right? say I want to work with different guys, like different writers I know. But it's also, I mean, I'd love to do like a fucking more story with Sean Daly. If he had crazy. somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. anything like that, it'd be amazing. So, it's still, I'm still the, amazed that like the biggers aren't like catching on there. Because like even like, like... You know, I'm, I don't think I'm giving too much away here, but Travis McIntyre, yeah. uh, you know, the Source headmaster Press, behind yeah. Source Point Press, would give anything to have Sean Daly do something with Source Point. It, he's just trying to find that thing. Sure, yeah. And that's the tricky thing is finding that thing. But like everyone who sees him, everyone who meets him, it's like, you know... Even Ryan Stegman is a fan oh, of yeah. Sean Daly. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Well, right? Sean Daly is... <laughs> 
not just like he's also like the he's so nice, smart. He's, he's underrated smart, but he's as also a writer like, and he's one. underrated. People talk about how nice he is, yeah, and what a good artist he is. Yes, but he's incredibly underrated as an artist, yeah, and a creator, and just the ideas that he has. Right? Well, that's what I mean. Like the fact that he writes, he draws. He's a super nice guy. He's, he's a musician super, on the yeah, other absolutely. side too. Yeah. But he's also like he's he's tenacious with his work ethic. Absolutely. So it's yeah. when you say like oh like the big two of his. First of all, he's not going for that Marvel look. You know? Not like, at all. And he's, he's doing his own thing, which yeah. is amazing. But it's, it's just a matter sick. of time before Sean Daly blows up. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. Samurai Grandpa. I'm so excited. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Come it's, on. Come on. It won't be there. Like, I remember in, I would say, uh, 2007, I did, or maybe 2006, I did a Comic Con. And just in the Artist Alley, there's a guy who did this really raw ink work. And he did this comic book, and it was like a hockey arena. And I, I'd never seen a comic book about hockey, and I'd never seen a guy draw and just like ink like that. Oh yeah, this was Jeff Lemire. Oh right on, yeah. And I was yeah. he was so approachable. That's just right. This, he did do a hockey book. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, yeah. well at this point he had Lost Dogs, which is his first published book, which artistically is a lot say um, rougher. But it's it's beautiful, and right. the story is amazing. And then he had the first part of the Essex County called Tales of the Farm. And I bought this book, and I he blew my mind. I'd never seen anyone use the ink brush like that. And I was right. like, and then the fucking story is like making me cry. <laughs> yeah. And I remember talking to him, and then I'd see him at shows, and um, he was like, "This is before Jeff Lemire blew up, right?" And he was just like the nicest guy. And I remember talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, I got this. Uh, I don't think Zerik Grant is a thing anymore, but there was this thing called the Zerik Grant." And he was like. Yeah, I try out for the Zero Grant. He's like, I yeah, applied. Yeah. He was like, I applied twice, and the second time I got it. And he was, I was, so I went in my head. I was like, okay, apply for this, and you just get it after a couple times. Yeah. And I read his book, and I was like, I went back to him. I was like, you didn't tell me you're a fucking genius. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just giving out Zero Grants like they're nothing. No, you have to. Your book's making me cry. No wonder you want a Zero Grant. Like, and then he became like Jeff Lemire. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. And he wasn't doing your, your typical DC Marvel style. He's doing well, his own thing, right? good on that fucking good Canadian old boy for fucking... You gave us a Justice League Canada. You gave us a Justice League United based in but Canada. Thank like, you, Jeff Lamar. I don't even care. I used to be, as a kid, was like obsessed with like, I want to draw from Marvel or DC or do one of these characters. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what Sean Daly's thinking, but for me personally, I'm like, that's not my goal anymore. I would love to no. just... I yeah, just want to do more. You know, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. do my own book. Absolutely. I don't yeah. want to conform to like a house style. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If Marvel was like, hey, come work on this Wolverine well, story, I'd do changing. it. I think there's certain guys that have broken certain molds. Yeah. I think, honestly, it's come to a point where, you know, guys like Capullo have changed things. Guys like yeah. uh, uh, Jay Lee. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Like that yeah. Superman, Batman run. That's like comics don't look like that. And those comics are beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. He does some incredible stuff. Well, that's what's great about comics. There's so many different unique styles, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like we were looking at that Matt Daly book. Yeah. Nobody, oh, my goodness. Like nobody does comic books like that. And that's why yeah. it's so great. It's so unique. Like yeah. I don't want to see cookie cutter well, versions of That's why books. I think partly I'm such a big fan of the painted stuff now. Yeah. You know, like source points like The Rot and Nora that yeah. Sean Christopher Seal yeah. has worked on and, you know, Fourth Planet. Yeah. Like Mika. Like, come on. Crazy. Miku. Stuff. 
Miku? Yeah. Is it Miku? Miku, yeah. I thought it was Mika. No, Miku. Well, that's my mistake, and I apologize. In, but either I way, it's point. a geniusly drawn book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like digitally painted. Yeah, he's yeah. Like a, yeah, he's insane. And good. tart, like I said. Yeah, yeah. You know, really like the, the, this look, it's just, it's luscious, it's full, it's yep. beautiful, you know? It's, it's, it's gorgeous shit. So we're super lucky to have all this crap going on, man. That's oh, why yeah. I'm excited about Fan Expo this year. Yeah. 150 guests. Like Comic guests. It's 150. There's over 150 comic book guests. That's I, not including um, the people who just applied for Artist Alley and they're oh, selling no, no, their I know book. What you're saying. Like, those are pro people. That's insane. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I don't really look at the lineup anymore. I haven't in years because. I have to. It's my job. No, absolutely. But me personally, <laughs> like, we, we, what we do is we go to Artist Alley, our table. Yeah. And I sit behind a table. I don't go and meet Greg Capullo or Rob Liefeld. Right. Or like I just sit at my table. So sure. to me, it became I don't look at who's coming. But recently, mm-hmm. they have ads on the subway, and yeah. people have been like, "Have you seen this lineup?" And I looked, and it's a crazy lineup. Oh, it's not necessary. Drew Struzan, man. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Like that's yeah. like okay. I'm going to have to bring about nine different posters yeah. for him to hear. Just yeah. sign my Star Wars all trilogy. Of posters, posters. Like, all the posters. All of the posters. <laughs> like the Goonies, you know, yes. like that type of it's insane masters of the universe well know? him and Je- jim lee are yeah. the big guests this absolutely year. those yeah. are the two big guests of honor this year but the thing is yeah. like when do you see struzan at shows that's that's oh, gotta yeah. be like i mean i don't know how they got him but that's just kevin because, i'm like, putting that t- all yeah kevin. T- Kev mr boyd, boyd. the yeah. one thing i know about him is he's he's not just the comic coordinator guy he's such a fan yeah and he loves these oh, guys yeah yeah and yeah. he's always looking for new guys to bring in and right, it's like right. i don't know if they've done struzan before but fuck man i don't he's... think he's ever been man struzan's yeah. so good everyone Are you kidding? even he's the type of guy that even if you don't think you know his stuff you, you know, know his stuff. shit yeah, yeah you can't help but know his shit everything he's done every poster every yeah. every fucking 80s 90s poster like, and well he's still doing them like yeah. the fact that he comes back to do the new star wars ones are yeah. fucking sick the ones that he pulls out they're insane yeah you he's know? amazing i'm very excited to meet him a lot of cool people are going to be there but i'm just going to do my thing and yeah try to discover some new stuff going on because who yeah. knows you know there's always well if there's that many pro guests that means that the line of the artist alley is just gonna be that much bigger yeah so there's gonna be that many more artists yeah so there's lots of stuff to discover. And since we're talking about Fan Expo, I ca- I cannot go without mentioning the fact that SourcePoint Press is returning. Oh, are they coming out? Okay, they had great. their first little taste yeah, at uh, Toronto Comic Con where yeah. they had a horrible spot. Yeah, they were in like the vendor. There were some mix-ups there. Yeah. Now they're end-capped. Yeah. And they're going to kill it. And yeah, I'm so excited. I believe, of course, Headmaster Travis McIntyre is returning. The beard. Uh, that's right. Uh, uh, Casey Pierce. Yeah. Cosmic Casey Pierce. Yeah. My uh, galactic twin sister out there in the universe. I love Casey. Casey's the fucking shit, man. And uh, Nora 3 coming soon. Yeah. So good. She threw me off with Nora 2. Oh, yeah. Nora issue 2, dude. Yeah. Like, not, like, it, brilliant and totally just not in the direction you thought she'd go yeah. like as far as building on the first one well, like it builds on the first one but it's like right out the gate yeah, she's yeah. taking it deep as far as this coma fishing thing like what does yeah. that entail what does it involve like well, the basic idea yeah. is so great it's just like the, the yeah. very concept of it but really. in this in the second issue she takes it to a place you don't even consider 
of like factoring in things like souls yeah, and, yeah. And, and like you know because you don't think about things like what do they call them when you have a twin who doesn't survive but he's still like well, it's like a conjoined or, but you know when you have like a pr- piece of a twin in you oh yeah but the I, twin doesn't survive yeah, yeah but a little piece of it is in you yeah does that piece have a soul Oh yeah, right. Because you're, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, there's that whole scene in that second issue where it's like talking to the. It's crazy, man! It's so brilliant, fucking amazing, and uh, yeah, that's crazy. uh, David Hayes, who writes the Rot. Oh okay, and uh, brilliant. You'll never, you won't see, you won't. These guys can sell. I'm excited about seeing them come to Toronto. But you're the same. You and Ricky, you never see you sitting behind your table. Yeah, you see you up, you see you engaging, you seeing being you know person. Talk to people. That's all. Like, and it's also you got to. Um, no one's standing in the pro alley. We also tell you that well, much. They don't have to, right? Like right. Uh, people. Well, no, that's them. the thing. They think they don't have to, but they sure as fuck should. Some of them don't have to. I don't expect Dave Ross to be standing up, fucking doing whatever. But eighty percent of these guys, I'm sorry, you need to engage more. Okay, I've been to too Do many Comic Cons. Yes. Oh, what? Or or what? They're good enough that they don't have to? Is that the attitude? I guess so. No! I've been to too many Comic-Cons across North America to not know what works and to see what systems work, and you need to engage. Yeah, but If you are not uh... up engaging personally with these people, they're not going to buy your fucking comic. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but that's perfect, because then they'll come and buy my comic. (laughs) You're taking advantage. No one should stand up and talk to people. My favorite spots, just two of my favorite spots in the alley every year, right? Uh, well, I'll make it three, just so we don't make Jay Fosgate. Sean Daly's table. No. Jay Fosgate's table. Jay Fosgate. And the yes. Black Hole Hunters Club The table. Black Hole Hunters <laughs> and A.J.A. Haunt. Yeah. And you go to either of those tables and you're going to get engaged oh, with. Yeah. You're going to get conversed with even beyond comics yeah. on a personal level. And you're going to get sucked in and then you're going to be told about this comic and you're probably going to fucking buy it. Yeah. You know, you're not just going to sit there because you're in a certain group of whatevers and think that that's enough to sell the comic. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I understand you have commissions. If you're doing commission work, do your commission work. Yeah. Right? Get the fuck up and engage these people, would you? You know? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I guess so. You know so. You know so for a fact. And there's well, nothing I know, no, I know bad for me, but I mean, for like, anybody. if some pro guy doesn't want to stand up and talk to people, what difference yeah, does it make to me? Yeah, if you're talking me? about a legend or whatever. But I'm just trying to give advice to those who don't, who are at a certain level. Oh, right? yeah. Come on. Well, I, I, to be honest, I It's found... Canada. I'm not trying to talk shit Canada, but stop being so fucking polite, Canada. <laughs> Get the fuck up and sell American styles. You should be a used car salesman behind that fucking See, table. See, I disagree with that. What do you mean? I think you should just talk and engage people genuinely. Because when you say like used car salesman, okay. it's got that like... Okay, you got the yeah. pitch. I like, don't mean. Hey, yeah. come on, folks, come in and check out this okay, comic. Yes, you're right. I don't. And mean that it can like turn that. people off too. I got you. I don't mean it like that. I just mean it like hit them on a personal level yeah. where, you know, they're not just another customer, but you're trying to engage someone with your story. You're yeah. trying to share your story with someone, not just get them to spend money on your shit. Absolutely. You right. know what happens is like the yeah. uh, so Ricky and I used to try really hard to sell. Right. Ricky stand up on the table and be like, everyone that come by, like, hey, you like comics, you like this, and then, you know, like, a, a good majority of them are not going to even bother with you, right? Like, right. And that's part of the deal. And then you get some people, 
We've also realized that over the years, if you just relax and just talk to people, people come up and you don't do the pitch and just go, hey, what's up, man? Like, yeah, yeah. Here's the books. Like, uh, what do you come here for? You just talk to them like There you people. go. Hit them about what their shit is first. Yeah, absolutely. You know what people like? They yeah. like talking to you and then they go, oh, yeah. your book's kind of cool. I'll mm-hmm. buy it. Yeah. And if you try really hard or you don't try that hard, it's like the same. Do you know what's a simple thing that our Miss Brilliant Casey Pierce does? Yeah. And a lot of other people do. But the, I think the honest, brilliant thing is, what's your fucking name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hi, sir. What's your name? Hi, Absolutely. I'm Casey. Yeah. What's your name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That alone. Okay, so Morris, uh, what's the plans? When are we going to release Morris? Morris, When's we Kickstarter? are you launching said, like, in- Kickstarter. The plan was to do it for Fan Expo weekend. It may be maybe a few days later than that. Okay, right on. But look for the Morris Kickstarter, and I'll be pushing it. It's going to be Expo. all over the place. Uh, yes. Okay, give them your particulars where they can find you online so that where they know to find Morris. Uh, just check out uh, the Facebook page, Shane Heron Art, and check out, I don't know, I guess Blackwell Hunters Club. Shane Heron. <laughs> We're going with... Yeah. We're going with Shane Heron. Shane Heron. Shane Heron. Shane Heron Art on Art. Facebook. Art. Shane Heron Art on Facebook. Where else? Or on Instagram. Instagram. Or on... Uh, I don't really use Twitter that much anymore. Twitter I'm dying on too. Instagram I'm picking way big up on. Yeah, Instagram. It seems to be kind of what's happening these days, eh? Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Instagram, Shane Heron. H-E-R-O-N, like the bird. Yeah, people spell Anything else you want the people to know, Shane Aaron? No, man. Just thanks for having me on this show. Anytime. Cool, everyone, even the people listening. Well, I greatly appreciate you making the trek. Yeah, if you out from the great me. downtown core out to the L5J because We're, it's very. I was like, I gotta check out the L5J. Awesome, man. Well, I hope you appreciate you know sitting amongst the lightsabers and. Yeah, that's why I came. I came here to look at lightsabers <laughs> and talk about Sean Daly. <laughs> Jay Fosgate, you know, like staples of the show. Because I'm a fan. I listen. I listen at work. Well, I really do appreciate I it, man. People when people do, at work. really, yeah, yeah. I had a guy at my work listen the other day. Uh, What's his name? His name's John. And maybe he, he'll listen to this one. Hi, John. Maybe he will. He Be might. Careful but climbing that tree. I was telling him. He's like, well, he's out fertilizing and spraying right now, like on a like just a single truck by himself. Like shitting and pissing in a yard? No, not at all. <laughs> but he's he's working alone, is the point. Yeah. And he's been going crazy. He's like, I'm running out of whatever, and I'm like, well, podcasts. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, well. Well, I make pod- podcasts. Hashtag you need make pod- I just told him, yeah, listen to this shit. I explain the whole thing, and I'm like, check it out. I'm like, so. What I always say to people when they want to get into podcasts is I'm like, what are you into? Because there's a podcast for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So I say to the guy, I say, what are you into? He says, watches. I'm like, come again? He says, watches. I love watches. Like taking them apart? Taking them apart, how they're put together, building them, the sure whole thing. And I was, well, I looked it up and we indeed found some. Oh, yeah. And watches is called horology. Oh. You might have heard that, right? I haven't, but yeah, I like yeah. it. Well, the, the study of watches or whatever is called horology. Yeah. So once we typed that in, comes to me the next day. He's like, I found this great show. They're just talking about the history of watches and all this. Sh- Thank you so much, man. And I was like, no problem. He's like, my days are so much more entertaining. And I was like, good, good. 
Jesus he's like Christ. That must be the most boring podcast. I know. To each his own. Whatever. Make pod. Whatever yes. pod. But then he listened to the last episode of this show with our new friend Sam Johnson of Geek Girl. Yeah. I hope you all. Uh, congratulations, Sam, on your successful Kickstarter. Yeah. For Geek Girl, but that was it was already successed before we even spoke. All right. Uh, I think it did like hundreds of percent more than it should have, but it's a very good book. It's Carlos Granda, yeah, who is the he has a home room yeah, and he's also yeah. does the art on Geek Girl there. So very very cool, Sam I Carlos. Congratulations! Yes, you do. I don't have to explain it to you. So uh, I know Sean Daly. If anybody else listens to this goddamn show or has been regularly, you know exactly who the hell Shane Heron is. So check it out, uh, Black Hole Hunters. Black Still Hole check Hunters it out. Club, Fucking right, Shane Heron art. This is the first time I did an interview with you on this show without someone interrupting. This is the first full out, I think, just you and me interview. Yeah. Because it's either been at a convention yeah. or with Ricky. Yeah. I think we did one that was just you and Ricky Maybe. over Skype. No, I, I don't even have Skype. I don't know how to use it. Really? So we've never Skyped? We've never Skyped. So the only time you and I have ever talked has been at a convention. Are you coming on to me? Could be. <laughs> for working it for years, buddy. <laughs> Shane, thank you so much. I love you. I love you. Beauty. Beauty.